This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. I am so excited, guys. Welcome to Higher Learning Thought Warriors. Put your theme caps on. It's Van Lathan. And Rachel Lindsay. Y'all, if you could see the (laughs) smile, the happiness, pure bliss on Van's face. Tell him why you're smiling, Van. Tell him why you're so happy. We actually all just took a celebratory (laughs) shot before we we started. We actually did. Before we started (laughs) the podcast. Because, Rachel, you're now not an anomaly. You're now officially a trailblazer. You have blazed a trail. What you guys have to understand is Rach broke down a door and now another melanated mama has walked through it. Taisha Adams. Taisha Adams is the second black bachelorette. Rach, you did it. I would just like to thank all those who helped me get to this spot. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time coming, but we finally made it, guys. Two people, two people mm-hmm. in the 40 seasons that it's been 40. Two. I would also like to say that her name is Taisha, but I'm going to let Van Taisha. call her what he Taisha. what he feels. Uh, Taisha's blacker to me. And so she's going to be Taisha. And she's, <laughs> I looked her I looked her up. I went on her gram, by the way. I went on her gram. And what are your uh, thoughts? Yeah, she's uh, <laughs> yeah, she's not. She's, uh, yeah, she's yeah. I'd say so. <laughs> I mean, like she's uh, you know, uh, yeah, you know, being respectful. She's a, I don't know much about her. She's a nice looking lady. That's all I would say. Uh, okay, couple of questions here because this just kind of just happened. Okay. Um, because I'm a gigantic Bachelor fan now. I love I it. You know and the, the the Bachelor fans love you, man. Well, I'm one of them. <laughs> They're gonna love this. Go yeah, ahead. I mean, I'm I'm part of Batch Nation. Was that what it's called? That the, is what it's called. I'm a batchy. I'm a batchy. Okay, like, nobody says that, but you can start. That's this. brand new, guys. We're rebranding. We're batchies. We're some. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. We're not batchies. You know what we are? We're what? batches. We a bunch of batches. So wait, can I just tell you for my Bachelor podcast, we tried that name and they were like, that's very offensive. It's like bitches. 
That's the fucking point. Right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, but there is a betches. There's a betches, betches side. There's a betches side. But, okay. but but in higher learning circle, we're batches. That's what we're we'll batches. call. We'll, we're we'll call our batches. We're batches. So I, I just got this news that she became the the second black bachelorette. And um I was wondering when you heard that, what was the first thing that went through your head? So I'm not going to confirm this is true. Okay, I'm going know. to speak in the context of the Entertainment Tonight article that came out that is saying their sources are saying it's Tasha. So I'm going to speak. I'll just give you that disclaimer. I'm going to speak mm-hmm. in those con in that context. Um, I'm thrilled. One, I, like it. I feel like the weight isn't on my shoulders anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm happy to pass the torch. I'm happy. I've met Tasha. She's quite lovely. Um, I'm excited for her. She's had a couple of go-arounds at this before. And now she's in control. What does that mean? Well, she wow. was on The Bachelor. And then she was in Bachelor in Paradise. Now she's in charge. She's in the driver's seat. She's the lead. I love this power move for her. I'm excited. I don't care that it's a COVID season. I don't care they're not traveling. I don't care that she could possibly have uh, the Claire. Claire was the bachelorette before her, mm-hmm. the girl who apparently dipped out. Uh, I don't. I don't care if she has her men. I am happy to see diversity, and I am happy that it's Tasha because she's she's really. Oh wait, wait, what, what, what is that face for? What, what's the face for? Okay, well we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna discuss what? this because is there a possibility that the last sentence that you just said was a tiny bit shady? No, because that's what people are going to say. I've already I, seen the negative, the negative talk. Right. It's kind of like it's, but you just, you know, it's kind of, you said, I don't care that it's a COVID season. There wasn't a little bit of shade. There's not a tiny bit of shade. No, no. you're Zero making shade. it shady. What I'm, I'm trying to, I'm what I'm, what I'm trying to do. No, what mm-hmm. I'm trying to do is I have seen people talk. And they're saying, oh, it's not fair. It's a COVID season. Oh, she's going to get the men from the past bachelorette. That doesn't matter. The fact is they could have chosen other women. There are plenty of other white women to choose from. And they chose Taysha. That's my point. Forget all of that. This is who is representing the bachelorette. I am excited for Mm -hmm. her. I am happy to see the diversity because that means for the first time ever, we're getting back to back black. Tasha and then Matt James. Bachelor Nation is not going to know what to do with this. This is beautiful. I am ha- I'm so happy for this moment. I hope I get to be a part of Tasha's season. Yo. If if it's true. Batch is beautiful. Man. Batch is beautiful. Make the t-shirts. That's what I'm, I'm talking about. <laughs> Batch is beautiful with the bachelor thing. Does the bachelor have a logo? No, is but there... roses are. But you could turn okay, that so rose you... into that fist. No, you take the rose into the fist or you put the rose growing up out of Africa. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're like, you got it. the red, black, and green of Africa, but then out of the red, there's a rose. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Batch is beautiful. So, like, is there any part of you that... And just, I, I'm asking because, look, I'll be honest with you. I'll tell you guys about something that happens. And then this is... I'm going to share with you for a second. Okay. I, I might have talked about this before. So you're on TMZ. For me, I was on TMZ for a long time. I was the only black male that was on the show for a long time. And sometimes when you're the only brother there, that in and of itself becomes your power. Yeah. That becomes what you're known for, right? Nobody else has the the uh, 
perspective that you have. Nobody else has the experiences that you have. So that in and of itself becomes your thing. Mm-hmm. And being in a room full of all the rest of the white people, you feel like that's kind of what you are. You don't even, and there's a lot of things that I know about, a lot of things I'm knowledgeable about, and that was kind of able to make me at TMZ more than anything else. Mm-hmm. But there is sometimes, and this happens, and we're trying to get it to the point to where this happens less, but it's a thing to where somebody else will black or walk in a room and you have to stop yourself from going, yo, do I need to compete with that person? Is this person going to take away? By the end of it at TMZ, really, it never really took hold, but I was so proud and happy that there was more diversity on the show that than uh, when I left and when I came. Yeah. But naturally, there was like a little bit of, oh, shit, what if they get somebody better looking, suaver? Could, could someone possibly be blacker than me? You know, the whole deal. With you, do you feel in any way that a little bit of your uniqueness has been taken away? Or is there was there any part of you that felt in any of those ways when this happened? So there's a term for this, what you are uh-huh. describing. What? It is called the crab mentality. Okay. Wow. Which we, okay. But that's, that's but but there is a term for that. And I but I'm Crabs so, so glad that you brought this up mm-hmm. because I in no way feel this in regards to The Bachelorette. First of all, I, I've always wanted to be known as more than a bachelorette. I had a whole law career before I came in and it's been challenging to combat that people are see me and they're like, oh, that's the Black Bachelorette. But I'm so much more than that. I am so happy that I can pass the torch and there's somebody else stepping in. I feel like I've done all I can do in this franchise. I've been vocal I fought for inclusion. I fought for diversity. And this is exactly what I wanted. I wanted to make a way so Mm -hmm. other people of color feel included. And Taisha is half black and half Hispanic. So we got, we we checking off two boxes here. This is only one box, but that's okay. Okay. Well, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But she does Mm -hmm. have that. I'm not going to deny that part of her her culture as well. But I get what you're saying. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyways, no, I couldn't be more happy about Mm -hmm. this. I don't feel any kind of way. I've done all I can in this batch of franchise. And the only thing left for me to do at this point is pass the torch. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah, that that mentality happens sometimes when you get to a place and you're not secure in who you are there. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you start playing that role that you want them to play. But when you start to realize how much better it is overall and how much effect you can have on brands and shows and the culture in numbers and what it means that, you know, there are kids that are working there now uh, that might've not been able to, 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 to get their shine on there. Had I not come through there, you know what I mean? And by the way, me personally, personally at TMZ, if it wasn't for the amazing Nina Parker at Miss Gossip Girl, who actually was the first person to like make me feel like I was Mm -hmm. included there, it would have been the same thing. So, you know, uh, she told me to tell you what's up, by the way, too. Who, Nina? Yeah, I did an interview with her not too long ago. She was like, oh, man, that's my people. That's my girl. Nina (laughs) is the, Nina is the way, like, I come to TMZ, right? And it's a room full of people that have been working together for a long time. And, you know, really, more than just the competition, everybody's fighting for screen time. And here comes this, this, this loud black dude. And I'm, from the very first show, I'm like, yeah, 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 doing my whole thing, right? (laughs) 
Just checking all the stereotypes. Check off. Yo, just boom, 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 bang, 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 bang. <laughs> hey, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. The entire thing. And it was hard. I ended up making great friends and becoming friends with almost all of my coworkers. That's some of great. still some of my best friends. But early on, it's hard to get into the club. And I remember I, I'm in there one time and I, I'm with the rest of the tour guides because we had our own little thing because we were the only people that would talk to one another. And Nina comes in and Nina goes, uh, hey, just to let you guys know, uh, if you guys want, we're going to the den tonight to like hang out. And like, and I remember looking going, yo, you talking to me? And she was like, yeah, yeah, if you guys want to come with us later on tonight after work, we're going to the den over in Hollywood and hang out. We go over there in, to the den and we hang out and me and Nina start talking. I'm like, yo, she's a big deal. She's on the television show with everybody. And that kind of broke the whole thing down. And like, even something like that from another person of color, from someone, and then she started giving me the, you know, the inside tea, person of color, black person, giving me the inside tea of what's going on at TMZ and how I need to, uh, you know, comport myself there and all of that stuff like that. It's just, it means something. And it yeah. means something to have had somebody there before you. So you were probably that for Taisha. And listen, I love that you keep calling her that. And this is the mm-hmm. thing. If you do it right, you do it well, you don't right. have to worry about all that, right? Like, I, I I, did exactly what I needed to do. I made a name for myself, and I'm good. You know, right. I'll always be remembered in a certain regard. It's time for somebody else to step up. And I am right. so, I am beyond, if this is true, I am beyond happy for Tasha. Um, Yeah, so I, I guess, interesting. So she's half black, half what now? Hispanic. Hispanic. and But her name is Tasha. Tasha, yes. Yes. Interesting. I always so, wonder about that. We've seen her family on the show before um, mm-hmm. because she made it far enough on The Bachelor to where she got right. a hometown. So we've gotten a little insight into her family. Her father's black. Her mom's Hispanic. I always wonder if I would have got with like a, a, a Hispanic lady if my son would have been, you know, like Jamil... Or Jorge, like how's that decision made? You know what I'm saying? Like, cause you know you got cause her name is Tasha. That's a that's a very black name. But then, is there a mom that's Hispanic? Wait, yeah, it's her mom. So then, it did her mom not want her to have maybe more of a Hispanic? I always wonder about that. Cause I have well, brothers, and then the kids are just like they have Venezuelan, and but then it's like Johnny. And I always I look at the kid, I'd be like, yo, you could have like a. You could have been like a Ronaldo or something. You could have had like a dope. You could have so like you're a making different... me think about my child's name. What? Well, yeah. See, something like but that. But the last name, the last name is Spanish. It's Abasolo. So. Yeah, but it, that's but... even that's even more reason to give him. Like, first of all, I think I personally want to go for. I like those African names. Like, I have a little nephew, and his name is Sinke, and it's Sinke. That's pretty. From. Both Amistad, but then also it's Sinke because he's the fifth. I'm like, yo, that's dope. That's amazing. But you know, I'm not talking about like Johnny or Mike or Brian. If your last name is like, a, <gasps> what is it? Brian's my, my husband's name. I know, but I'm saying, <laughs> what's what's his what's his last name? Abasolo. Abasolo. You got to go with like Ephraim or something like that. Like, think about that name, Ephraim Abasolo. That's a fucking pimp. It is I like that, that Ephraim. You know, like, I, that's, you know. There needs he, he to walks. be no, no picture comes with that bio. You know exactly no, what you're getting. You know exactly. Like, he goes into <laughs> like a, uh, you know, he's a, he's at, he's at, he's in Cancun at Senior Frogs. It's, uh, 
the widest establishment in Cancun. Whatever. <laughs> but it don't matter, though, because he's on spring break if such a thing still exists when he gets to college. And it's, yo, what's your name? I'm Ephraim. That's dope. Whatever. So um, I'm, I've completely gone off topic. But I, but you, <laughs> you're, you're, you're happy. You're, you're I'm happy so, with the I am so happy for her. Um, well, look, I'm happy too. It, it, progress is great. I don't understand how it got started with somebody else's season and now it's kind of her stuff. I don't know how that works, but. Apparently the girl has fallen in love with another guy. May I add? And let me add, because I know you don't know this. The rumors mm-hmm. are that she's fallen in love with somebody else. And, um, she's like, I don't want to, I just want to be with him. He's black. Oh, oh my God. We take it over. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're taking over. Well, like, like he's black. She's falling in love with somebody like, like off the show? No, no. Apparently she's on the show. This is this is all the rumors. Apparently mm-hmm. she's falling in love with a guy. The guy that they named, he is black. Um, he was one of the men that came to be on her season. And they just hit it off that quick? That's what she says. Oh, I know what That's happened That's what the there. rumors are. <laughs> Fantasy I know what suite. happened there. I love it because you just found out about a fantasy suite. Yeah, they went to the fantasy suite early and that Alabama black snake. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Wow, we shouldn't have really, we shouldn't have taken that shot before the podcast. Um, Are you uh, hot? Now, I'm hot. You're, you're hot? You're hot because you, you drank too much. Yeah, you're drunk. You're drunk rage. I'm not drunk, drunk off one Pac. shot. You're drunk off the Hennessy like, like, like Pac. Um, so this past weekend, we got treated to something. It's a cultural moment, Big Rage. It's a big time cultural moment uh, for the entire culture. Black is King by Beyonce. Now, normally I don't pull back the curtain and let people have a peek inside into the how the sausage is made here on higher learning, but I have to in this particular situation. Okay. We are talking about topics that we are going to have uh, in order to, you know, have the show. We're going to talk about topics we're going to do on the show. Like we send emails. Jackson's involved and Jordan, when she doesn't betray us and go on vacation, is involved and Isaiah is involved. <laughs> and we run down the topics and then we discuss what we're going to discuss. Rachel, uh, more often than not, sends her topics through first. She's very good at picking topics. Rachel is a good producer. She's she's good at these things. Integral Thank part. You. It's just it's it's a big deal, Rach. Okay. We Thanks. then we go back and forth and we 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 flush out the topics and we decide what we're gonna talk about. Rachel yes. wanted to talk about Black is King. And also had to ask us as a staff <laughs> and a family <laughs> to borrow somebody's Disney Plus account password. What? What's the problem? I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying I wouldn't have expected you to go that far and for that's kind of that's what that's what I expect my cousins to do that. Yo, Van, can I get the Disney Plus? You're trying to watch Endgame. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And did you did they hook you up with a Disney Plus password? I got a password. Exactly. I, Shout out to the ringer. I got I have I have absolutely no shame. This is something that I knew we needed to talk about. Shout out to the people who Call me out for not watching whatever it is that we talk about. I refuse to come on this podcast and talk about Black is King, which was a celebratory moment for the Black culture, and not have seen it. So I Did you enjoy it? Van, enjoy is an understatement. 
Really? I was hypnotized by it. Mm. Did you like it? Oh, you know, oh <sighs> no. Okay, so let me start off with the positives here. Sure. <laughs> I I didn't have high expectations. Okay. Beehive people, please don't come after me right now. Okay. I've I've admitted I'm not in it, but I have a huge amount of respect for Beyonce. And and I am a fan. I'm just not in the beehive. I didn't know what to expect with Black is King. As soon as I got my password from The Ringer, shout out to The Ringer, um, I couldn't stop watching it. I was, mm. I was mesmerized. I was hypnotized by it. Now, there were some cert- certain things I could do without, right? I, I didn't like the, um, them interweaving The Lion King into it. At first, I was like, oh, this is so great. We have Mufasa narrating it. And then I realized those were clips from the movie. I didn't like that part. Uh, but I liked the celebration of the culture. I liked the blackness of it. It was rich. It was deep. It was immaculate. I I just felt it was celebrating us in a sense of, uh, it was like royalty. And I, mm. I loved every single bit of it. Now, I will say the one, I thought, wait, I will say, I thought this should have been called Homecoming. From the way that they were talking in between each song and each video I felt like this was a homecoming as opposed to the actual homecoming we saw at Coachella a couple of years ago. This, mm-hmm. this, this could have been called homecoming. I love this. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Um, I just felt like this was, a, as a, was an opportunity. There's so many... Growing up, you were taught, not, not from our people, but you're taught by society to not appreciate and uplift being Black. You're not sure. told to accept your natural beauty. It's almost, you're told to accept this manufactured beauty in a European standard. And I appreciated this, this film because it was about celebrating our beauty, our richness and our culture. And I loved every bit of it. Mm. The one part that stood out to me was at the very, very beginning though, when Beyonce was walking with the baby and she was, it was talking and she was talking about her, the coils of her hair, but she was wearing a wig that bothered me so much. I mean, later she had braids, but I just was like, how can you speak these terms but not embrace your full natural beauty? That's the mm-hmm. only thing that really bothered me in this because it was a bit contradictory. You know what I mean? Hmm. I'm not even going to touch that because I don't like, like, I get it, I guess, but I'm not going to touch black ladies' hair. Or what's real? It was or a term. Fake. I I get it. If I, she I hadn't said, if she hadn't said it, I wouldn't thought of it. But she was like, "Our our beautiful black coils," and I was like, "But maybe where? But, where? But but, but <laughs> why are you wearing a wig? But maybe the wig is made out of somebody's beautiful black coils. Like, it's I don't not. Know. That was not. That's not what coils. How are. do you know? I mean, because I, I got them. I know I, what they are. I, what I they look like. I would defer to your knowledge of that. I don't. It was the like, only part I hated. That was it. Saying, I don't talk about I don't talk about black ladies' hair. Like yeah, that's your, that your, your Rach. It's big for big Rach. You know it what was saying? just like no, all comments. We could have changed the line. Okay. Oh, uh, very curious no. to know what you think, though. Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, everything about it was beautiful and amazingly shot and well done. Right, everything. Shout out to shout out to Blitz the Ambassador. Who had a compliment sandwich. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Blitz the Ambassador who is a brilliant creative that I had on my podcast a while back. Uh, Ava introduced me to him. He is an amazing guy. He was responsible for a lot of the images that you saw in Black is King. Now, my situation with Black is King has nothing to do with Black is King. Black oh. is King, nothing to do with it. 
Okay. I'm not in the mood to celebrate. I'm in the mood to liberate. And I'm not in the right frame of mind to pause and be in awe. It has nothing to do with Beyonce. I watched it and it felt like I was being performative even in watching it. Mm, like mm, I'm okay. like it, it it I get it. By the way, this is a van thing. It's nothing to do with anybody yeah. else. I couldn't fully delve into something so heavily symbolic. It on its on, on its merit, it is beautiful. It is well done. But I'm having trouble in any fat form or fashion celebrating right now. Just with so much. Like, and and y'all, I promise you, I'm just keeping it real with y'all. I'm not trying to nitpick or find reasons. It's just not everything feels different. You know what I mean? Uh like everything, nothing feels like I wasn't able to get hooked in and be like awestruck by it because I get awestruck by numbers and by injustice and all of these things like that. Like I think I've used up all my awe in hmm. these last I, I don't think I can be awed at anything right now. Um I just want change and for people to be feeling and doing better in so many different ways that I couldn't step out of my own self to really get wrapped up in it. And and, and I kind of felt like that was going to be a thing. And to be honest with you, if we wouldn't have had a podcast, I probably wouldn't have even watched. Um, but, but, but don't get me wrong. That has nothing to do. It has nothing to do. And, you know, people have talked about Black is King and what it means. You know, no name discussed it a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, no name is somebody who uh, we've talked about no name on the, uh, on the podcast before. No name is somebody that I follow to make sure that I, I always keep my eye on the ball in terms of the bigger issues. Don't always agree, but always appreciate. My one wish for her is that she would have never, ever, 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 ever change, ever change. Um, because it's like, Capturing somebody in their 20s who has all of that youthful energy and that uncompromising view of the world, it's too often what happens is when the 30s hit and when the 40s hit, we lose people like that to, you know, different parts of commerce and things like that. But we we, we need her. Um, but not even any of that stuff about capitalism or Beyonce or any of the, the messages that came from some people who are African who didn't appreciate uh, some of the depictions there from whatever reason. But but look, it's not so much that they didn't appreciate the depictions. Is I think people want Africa viewed in a more holistic way, and to stop sort of fetishizing the king and queen situation that goes. But even that, not my sort of like I wouldn't I would never dare to speak for any of those opinions that I saw. I just read some of them and I I try to intake both sides of it. It's just for me, I just couldn't do what I normally have to do. Like when Homecoming comes out, you watch Homecoming, you're like, oh shit, be in her bag. And she looked good. Beyonce looked good. Thing was moving. All right? To be honest with you, Beyonce looked good. She is a fantastic performer. She is yeah. maybe the, 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 the finest performer of, uh, that, that we've had since Michael Jackson. And all of that stuff, the aesthetic, is all beautiful, all well done, all top notch, the narrative, all of it, all of it. I just couldn't get into it the way that I needed to get into it. I think that's interesting. And I think it's great that you said that because I'm sure there are a lot of people who feel your same sentiments when it comes to this. I think for me, I am not normally a positive person. So to see this 
and have and and to not really have any expectation of it. It was like, oh, she's doing this. That's great. But then to sit and watch it and be hooked the way I was, it almost made me feel like this is what I needed to see. I needed to see us celebrated in a way. And I think what I love so much about what Beyonce is doing, criticize her for whatever reason you may want to, but what you cannot knock is that she has gotten to a place where she can be unapologetically herself. She played the game. She did what she had to do. And now she is putting content out there that she wants to, that celebrates who she is and what she is. And I love, love it. And I think that's what I was enthralled with in watching this, watching her, watching her family, watching the tributes to The Lion King in a different way, watching the tributes to Coming to America, just celebrating Blackness. And it was rich. And... To me, I, I, I felt I needed that, especially, too, as a woman, when we are so often more than, than Black men compared to our beauty is compared to a European standard more than Black men. Mm-hmm. And so to be celebrated in that way, I thought was was very, very powerful and beautiful to see. And I kept thinking as I was watching it, because, you know, she had her children within the film. I kept thinking, I want my children to see this at a very young age. I want my children to appreciate where they come from, who they are, and what they look like Mm -hmm. in a way that maybe I didn't necessarily get. No fault to my parents, just, you know, just the society we grew up in. Um, And uh, I I, I just kept thinking about that. I I really, really enjoyed it more than I thought. Yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine who's from Ghana, and he said something Shout out to, to, to Humble, smart, money man. Money man, one of the best money, money men in the business. Humble. We're all single. Around the huh? Single? Said, I got ladies. I think, I think he's single. Okay, I, I, got, I, I got ladies. I'm just hey saying. Hey, man, y'all don't, like, these ladies not ready for Humble. Humble, like, we all get outside, we leaving, and Humble got a Maybach out there with a driver. Ladies! They're <laughs> <laughs> not ready for Humble, man. I asked Humble one time, me and Humble at a party, I was like, how do you do the Maybach thing? He was like, what? I was like, because it would be interesting if I had like a Maybach and a driver and I was out there like that. Um, like, how do you do the Maybach thing? You know, if I was single Maybach dude, how do you do it? Do you, if you're going on a date with a girl and you have the Maybach, do you send the Maybach to pick her up okay. without you in it and then have her meet you at the restaurant so she just gets a solo ride in the Maybach, right? With the driver, which is kind of like a player way to do it, because like the car has been sent for, you're too busy to get there. You're gonna meet her at the restaurant, and when she gets there, she's been delivered. She gets to step out of the Maybach on her own. I would hate and have this. her own little. So I'm asking which way you do it, and I, then I say, um, and I say, do you do it that way, or do you pull up with the Maybach and the driver? Right, she walks out door open. Okay, gets into the Maybach while you're in there, glass of wine or something like that. Which way do you do it? Definitely the latter. You you prefer the latter? Yeah, because that means that, okay, yeah, like you got your Maybach all at the wine, but you're there. So you're trying to get to know me. We're going to have some conversation on our way to where we're going. You send the car without you in it. You're just trying to show me what you got and who you are. All you're going to do is attract birds. Okay, with the first part. Wow, wow. 
Okay. You know, especially in LA. That's it exactly LA. what you're gonna. It is LA, and I'm not yeah. sure. But I'm not sure, but I asked him, and he goes, "Son, humble, humble. I'll introduce you to some nice, nice women." I, I don't know. I don't have to spoke to humble. Humble might be spoken for. Humble okay. very much. Yeah, humble could be spoken for. I love. He, is that his real name? His name is humble. Oh, his name is humble. Humble might be spoken for. Um, but <clears throat> I was when I was speaking to humble, was talking to him one day, and he was telling me about. I, we might have talked about this on the podcast before about the fact that because he's from Ghana. There is a, a self-worth that he has that is just by function of how he grew up, which means that the police officers were black. The beauty queens were black. Mm-hmm. The doctors were black. The lawyers were black. The people who ran the country were black. All of those people were black. So you never really had to instill into humble. He was just, we we're having a very open and honest conversation about this. You never really had to instill into him that there was something that he could do because he saw people doing it every single day. And despite my feelings and the, the way I felt about Black is King is how I feel about everything. I'm enjoying, loving watching NBA games, but watching an NBA game in the bubble is a reminder to me of the fact that we don't have a regular world right now or a normal world right now. So I watch the basketball and I love it, but I can't fall into it because I'm seeing the problems. I'm seeing virtual fans. I'm seeing all of this. There's a crawl under it that says this many MLB baseball players are testing positive for COVID-19. I can't escape what's happening. And because I can't escape what's happening, I really can't escape and fall into any art. Yeah. And, and so that's why I, I, and this, and this, this art was escapism and it was a, a celebra- a celebration, but I just don't feel like having a party. It was hard for me. It's, it's, it was hard for me, but he, but what he was what he was saying to me is along the lines of what you're talking about, like trying to establish and instill into your kids from an early age, uh, is how beautiful, competent, and sort of amazing and worthy that you are. And that mm-hmm. is a part of your job in establishing sort of a cultural currency with your progeny. Like that's a part of what you have to do. You have to remind them, especially in America, yeah. that they are in fact not just good enough, but in a lot of cases, they're going to be better and be ready for that. Be ready yeah. to win. Be ready to be better. Yeah. No, I love that. And that's exactly how I felt watching it. It wasn't necessarily an escape for me. It was just more of pride. Mm-hmm. Like Black pride. We are beautiful and we are rich and we're deep. And there's just so much history to our culture. And we, I, it, it just amazes me how not amazes, it just saddens me how we were stripped from all of that the moment that we first came here centuries ago and how they tried to brainwash us, not try to, did brainwash us in a way where we forgot what we were connected to and some of us never even knew that, uh, just on centuries and centuries of teaching us a certain way. So to me, to see this connection back to Africa was was a beautiful thing to see. Do you feel like the connection back to Africa is necessary? Because there's a big conversation happening right now about whether or not we need to be connected to the continent in order to really be our full selves. Because Mm. a lot of the talk for a long time was that there's so much pain and hurt in our history here in America, despite the fact that that's actually not true. There's pain and hurt, of course, unbelievably astounding pain and hurt, but there's also amazing accomplishment, amazing uh, just like we're cultural gods here in, in, in a way. 
Um, but because of the degradation that we've experienced here on the hands, uh, by, at the hands of oppressors, that the only true way that we can be full is to reconnect to Africa in some way. Yeah. Do you think that that's true? I do. I, um, really? and I, fe- and I felt that watching it. I just felt like there's something in me that's missing something, a part of me that I've never experienced because I haven't been connected. To, I've never been to the land that I actually came from. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I'm in a land where we were forced to be here. You know, we were captured and enslaved here. And yeah, then we we built roots. We planted our roots here. But that's not where we initially come from. And I just kept thinking, I, I've always wanted to go to Africa. But in watching that, I was like, I got to get there. I mean, as soon as this is over with, COVID is what I mean. I got to get to Africa. I just need to feel it. I, right. and I And I would hope to, you know, say what you want to about the tests that are out there. And there's different tests you can take to trace your DNA. I want to try to get to, as close as I can to my ancestry so I can try to be connected to that. I want to go there. I'm not just trying to go to the touristy places, you know, like a South Africa. I want to be connected in whatever mm-hmm. way that I can be. I want to, yeah, yeah I, I, I do. I felt that watching it. I really did. I wouldn't do one of those ancestry things for a million dollars. I, I, I know people I, feel a certain I, way not, about them. I'm not giving the you know government they're, they're, my DNA. Okay, but there I, are not, there I, are versions no. that aren't that. It's not 23andMe. It's not ancestry what DNA. Is it? What is there's it? a there's a black version. I was talking to my sorority. A black version. Uh, um, my sorority sisters, shout out to right. Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, which I appreciated was constantly represented in uh, Black as King as they throw up the rock, but we'll just call it the Delta. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> like there's no, a black I version got, of 23andMe? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta add, but sh- my sorority sisters listen to this. They'll, they'll hold me accountable. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you know. What is it? 23 and them niggas? <laughs> Ready for that? What is it? Like 20, <laughs> yo, twenty three and the homies. I, I'm gonna find out for you. I'll yeah, 20, not, by, 23 and y'all, man. What's the, up, bro? By the end of the podcast, I'm gonna find. Oh, out. Oh, you know what it could be called? We should start one and call like, yo, it should just be called. Where you from? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know Question mark. Where you from? Uh, all right. So speaking of the NBA bubble, something happened, and I want to get your take on this. Um. Jonathan Isaac, do you know who that is? Um, I do now. Yes. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Isaac is a player for the Orlando Magic. Guys, Thought Warriors, I want you guys to pay attention to this story so that we, not just as, uh, not just my uh, Thought Warriors that are Black, but as human beings, so we can really have a discussion here about how we treat each other. Seriously. To me, this is a very serious story. So Jonathan Isaac from the Magic. <clears throat> He is a, a, a young player there. Was one of the players, have been very few in the NBA, who did not kneel during the national anthem. He stood. When he was asked about why he did not kneel, he leaned on his personal faith as to why he didn't kneel. Shout out to Taylor Rooks for doing a great, uh, a great interview with him. Isaac was asked, if he believes that Black Lives Matter after he stopped, after he declined to kneel. He said, absolutely. I believe that Black Lives Matter. A lot went into my decision, and part of it is my thought that kneeling while wearing a Black Lives Matter t-shirt don't go in hand-in-hand with supporting Black lives. And so I felt like, just me personally, 
and what it is that I believe in, standing on a stance that I do believe in that Black Lives Matter, but I just felt like it was a decision that I had to make, and I didn't feel like putting the shirt on went hand in hand with supporting Black Lives. He discusses faith a lot. He said, I don't think that kneeling or putting the t-shirt on personally is the answer. I feel like Black lives are supported through the gospel. All lives are supported through the gospel, that we all have things that we do wrong sometimes, and it gets into a place of pointing fingers about which is which wrong is worse. The Bible tells us we all fall short of God's glory. And at the end of the day, whoever will humble themselves and seek God and repent of their sins, that we could see it in a different light, see our mistakes, and see people's mistakes in a different light, see people's evil in a different light, and that it would help bring us closer together and get past anything that's on the surface that doesn't really deal with the hearts of men and women. That was what he said about why he wasn't standing. So yesterday, or the day before, uh, he tore his ACL. So it's a very serious injury for a basketball player. He tore his ACL. So a couple of days ago, he does not stand. Then, I think it was yesterday, he tore his ACL. What? What are you trying to say? What are you I'm trying not, to I'm link not, together? I'm not trying to say. I'm not, actually, I'm not trying to link anything together. Okay. As soon as he tore his ACL, he's a young black man. Okay. As soon as he tore his ACL, people came out of the woodworks people laughing and joking and saying, some of them were funny. One person <laughs> said, I, I'm not even going to lie. One person said that one of the ancestors just kicked him in his knee as he was running down the court. I'm serious. Look, look, but seriously, seriously, I got to say, I was tremendously disappointed in the reaction to this young man hurting himself. Yeah. I mean, okay. I wish you wouldn't have said that because obviously this is a super serious injury and it could affect his entire career and he may never come back for it. And this is his livelihood and who knows who he's providing for, um, as he's not just himself, maybe his family. I don't know his his whole background, but that it's it's very serious, and it's troubling to see this happen to someone when it's such a sh- as a short season too. And uh, I hate it all. Um, now as for him not kneeling, he didn't explain it. I mean, I right. just you said it, but it's like. Throwing Christianity out there is not an explanation. Saying that you're for equality, that's the whole purpose of getting down on one knee. It's not political. It's not a separation. And the fact that you you try to politicize it shows that you don't understand why people are taking a knee. You're on the wrong side of it. Hmm. Period. So not only did the man not take a knee, he also decided not to wear a Black Lives Matter shirt. Yet, he, in his statement, has said that he does believe that Black Lives Matter. I would hope so. He is a Black life. Um, I don't understand this man. I can't even reason and have a, a, a conversation about this because he's saying one thing, which, to be honest, doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yet mm-hmm. he doesn't want... He's saying he believes in Black Lives Matter, but he doesn't want to do any action that goes hand in hand with showing your support of Black Lives Matter. You don't want to wear a t-shirt. You don't want to take a knee. You know, it, it was, it's not political. You're not politicizing 
black, like the rights of black people is not something that's politics. It's just human decency. It's human nature. And the fact that everybody decided to take a knee and be, show that they were equal and be in solidarity and you decided to stand, it's almost as if you're taking a stand against it. To me, that is what it shows. And I, you can throw a scripture at it. You can talk positivity and love. But to me, you're, if actions speak louder than words, then you standing on two feet while everybody else decided to take a knee and wear a T-shirt, that's all I need to really see. Hmm. It's, almost hmm. as if, it's almost as if you were afraid to show that you were in support of Black Lives Matter. It just right. doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know what stopped this young Black man from wanting to do that, but he was fearful for some reason to show that he was in support of it by displaying. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, while you were talking, I looked up everything. I'm like, where, where did this brother, where did he grow up? Where did he yeah. go to school? I'm trying to understand. I, I, okay, so for me, I guess, you know, I, I don't get why he didn't want to support it. That, that's fine. Like, I, really, to be honest with you, there are, there are going to be people who aren't going to take a knee. There are going to be people who you know, stand for the Pledge of Allegiance, who don't wear Black Lives Matter shirts, all those things. All those things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, we, To me, I personally feel like showing whether or not you are supportive of a cause, it can go a lot further than the wearing of the T-shirt and the taking of the knee. Like, if, if Jonathan Isaac had re- declined to do both of those things, but yet he was doing things in his community. And I don't know that he's not, by the way. He was working with kids. He was getting the message out there. He was being proactive. He was discussing these issues. He was using part of his platform that he has as an NBA player to elevate the voices of people who might not have those same platforms. I wouldn't have a problem with him not doing something uh, that was that he felt like um, went against, for whatever reasons, even though he did not give us a real answer, um, his religious beliefs. I do want to say, though, that I think it's particularly disgusting for the people that are making fun of him because he hurt himself. Absolutely. And that's, and that's more of the thing that I, that I look, we can have a discussion about what kind of code we have to be on. But what we can't do is, is decide to revel in somebody's injury or right. in a setback of a brother because we don't believe or support everything that they do. We have to be united by actual cultural patience and trust and love for each other. That means, yo, even though I'm not fucking with you here, I still want to see you do your best. And hopefully I can be a part of you being your best. Right. And so I'm just, I was disappointed to see all the jokes. But by the way, Twitter is a mean place, though. Oh, my God. It's a mean place. I knew they were coming. I knew the jokes were coming. As soon as I saw that, I was like, damn. And by the way, I'm part of the problem. I'll tell you why. Because. What did you tweet? I didn't tweet anything. But as soon as I saw this, I was like, damn, they about to roast this nigga. Went straight to Twitter. I went went there to see it. I went there for the jokes because I knew they were about to even, but it's not right. We do have to be better than that. We have to be better. I than just, that. I just, I, I, it's not right. It's such a shame. And I really hope he has a full recovery and he's able to come back and, and, and play in the National Basketball Association. But I do wish that he would explain his position a little bit better. You know what I mean? Just imagine if Cap, Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick took a knee and then they ask him later why he took a knee and he's like, for God so loved the world that he gave his yeah. only... You know what I mean? Oh like God. You yeah, got to yeah, yeah, be yeah, yeah, able yeah. to explain it. That's that's the only thing that I wish out of that, other than wishing him well and that he has a healthy recovery. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. 
That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Um, now it's time to descend into the toilet of Trump. We haven't really just talked about the president that much Do in the last to? couple of weeks. We have to. He is an important person here <laughs> uh, in this country. Now, a couple of things are on the horizon with Trump. I'm going to let you choose which one we discuss right now. Oh, okay. Do you want to talk about the potential end of TikTok? Or would you like to talk about Trump maybe wanting to delay an American election? Rachel's choice of what we're going to flush down the Trump toilet today. I mean, I'm going to go with TikTok and I'll tell okay. you why. Because I think he has recanted that statement that he made about delaying the elections because he got so much push pushback from Republicans. Even mm-hmm. Republicans were like, nah, you don't have the power to do that. That's not going to happen. Stop. Yeah, so, Because at this point, I think they want him gone as much as anybody else. <laughs> right? I, 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 at just, this point. That, that One of the most fascinating things to watch as the poll numbers continue to dwindle mm-hmm. over the next 90-some-odd days is the Republicans that try to jump off the, the sinking ship in order to reform the party in front of our eyes. Yeah, yeah. That's coming, for sure. Or definitely the people who are using their platform to make a statement like Jim Jordan. Is it Jim Jordan? Yeah. He's like definitely showing out. Like he will definitely make a run at 2024. You can you can spot him out now. Like who who's making a run for it? Who's not necessarily disassociating themselves with the party, but just really trying to make a name for themselves in all of this. So yeah, I'm going to pick TikTok because I think the him trying to delay the election is a, a moot point at this mm-hmm. at this point. So TikTok. We can talk about yeah. TikTok. So, yeah. So, the president um, and his administration believe TikTok, which is owned by a Chinese company, to be a national security risk. So, he said that they were looking into banning TikTok. Now, there seems to be a Microsoft. Bill Gates, swoop in to the rescue. Swoop in. Swoop in, Bill Gates. Uh, Bill Gates and Microsoft, I guess, are now trying to buy TikTok. Uh, yes. They have how long to, to get the deal done? 45 days. 45 days to get the deal done. Now. When I heard that President Trump said that he wanted to ban TikTok, I was ecstatic. Super happy. Because? But number one, I don't use TikTok. So I don't I don't, I don't have any dog in that fight. I've never... I think that all of those kids that learn those dances, that's so fucking impressive to me. Like, those dances are... Have you seen these dances? It's not you impressive to me. 
You're not impressed by kids who learn how to, like, who hitting these dances and all of this, the renegade dance. You're not impressed by shit like that? It looks like cheerleading to me. Like the original girl who created the renegade dance, got it. Everybody right. imitating her, no, it's cheerleading. But it's not just the cheerleading. It's not just the renegade. It's like all other types of dances, specific dances, specific points in a song. Yeah, and savage. You, you know, if I got to see that dance one more time, you don't like it. Okay, cool. Do I it. it do was, it, man. Listen, do it. I'm not, do I don't it. know how to do you it. Sh- I just you got that. a shot of tequila in you. You know, I'm I, 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 I can't. I can't do the savage dance. I tell you this though, you seem like a get off my lawn type of person right now. Like that, you don't want the kids to be able to express themselves with the TikTok dance. You're not impressed. But kids are fine. You, the children you are like, fine. You don't like when the adults do the TikToks. I'm not. I'm not a big a big. Fan. Not a big fan of it. Okay, cool. Uh, but I like this because I thought about the fact that the main problem that Vice President Biden is going to have in the election is getting young people to care enough to come out and vote. I thought that maybe there was a chance a small chance that Trump could ban TikTok and ignite a demographic that doesn't care about anything else but making up dances to get so mad and maybe push a couple more of them to the polls. I love that Trump did this. And it also showed me, like, how... I don't know if Trump is trying suicide by cop now. Like, why (laughs) in the world would you you come against the... Like, you even got the TikTokers on there that love... They got Trump-loving TikTokers. We've seen the racist TikToks as well. So it, it was crazy, but I liked it. But it doesn't seem... It seems like Microsoft is going to ruin my whole plan. Now, I don't know if Microsoft is going to be able to afford to purchase this, this application, mm-hmm. this Chinese application. I don't think they're going to be able to do it because it's worth like $50 billion. And Microsoft doesn't have $50 billion? From what I read, maybe it's more money than they want to spend. I don't know how much Microsoft is worth. I I have no idea. Microsoft is a fucking... Microsoft got $50 billion. This is... But not million. $50 billion. Okay? $50 billion. I didn't say million. Rach. Rach. They want to spend all their money on TikTok? They want to spend all their money? Microsoft is worth... Hold on. Well, look it up. Am I in the fucking Twilight Zone? But I just feel like you you think I'm talking millions here. If I said 50 million, they got it. No, I don't think that you're talking about (laughs) millions. Microsoft is a very, very wealthy company. Microsoft could afford... Just Google it. How much is Microsoft worth? We'll we'll keep... As of April last year, it was worth $1 trillion. Okay. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Once again, I need you guys to come in. As of as of last week, Microsoft was worth how much? One trillion dollars. One trillion dollars is how much Microsoft. Yes, Rach. Microsoft could afford $50 billion <laughs> to buy TikTok. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they're gonna be able to. I'm not saying million, Van. I'm saying <laughs> billion. Yeah, maybe I'm they just, got it. Maybe I'm just thinking of Bill Gates. Okay, fine. They have enough money. But Bill Gates is all- way richer than $50 billion. Is he? I thought he was like a few billion. No. Okay, I'm done. No. I'm done. I'm out. I'm not giving any Bill- more statistics. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Bill Gates. Bill Gates might be worth what 90, 80, something billion dollars. Google says Bill Gates is worth 113.3 billion dollars. Jackson, we're done with you. We're done. You're done. Don't come back. Don't say, don't give us one oh, more statistics. Okay. So fine. Microsoft can clearly afford to to buy TikTok. Here's my question to you. 
Does sure. Trump does Trump want to really protect the the privacy of American citizens because it has been alleged that this app is acquiring personal information of Americans? Or is it the fact that he wants to ban a social media platform that continues to troll him on time after time, whether it be buying up seats to his rallies, whether it be making videos that troll him and that uh, call his authority and intelligence into question. Which one is it? It, If TikTok was overwhelmingly pro-Trump, there's no fucking way he would take... (laughs) There's no way... Exactly. Like Twitter. No, Right. If, t- if if TikTok was overwhelmingly pro-Trump, there's no way he would take any uh, any action against it. Um, more to the point, and then we can get off the president after this, I think the president's uh, continuing back and forth with China is sophomoric and dangerous. Number one, I am no fan of the Chinese government. I think that it takes very, very, very little uh, research to see some of the human rights violations that have gone over there in China. I'm definitely not going to be hypercritical of their culture because I am not well read on it. But what I will tell you is that anyone paying attention to uh, geopolitics or to the, the the conditions people are living at in, in all over the world knows that China has a putrid, putrid, putrid history of civil rights, of, excuse me, of human rights violations. So I'm not going to, and there's they're an authoritarian re- regime and all of that stuff, right? Far be it for me to criticize their government, though, with the way things are going on over here. But, but the game that President Trump is playing with China, it threatens to be a weirdly destabilizing force in the world. He's going to take this too far. And I'm not talking about, you know, people are, I had somebody call me up and go, yo, it, you know, China closed the consulate. Is it, gonna, is it about to be World War III? I don't think we go that far. I don't think, you know, that's a deal. But I do think you want to maintain economic relations and you want to maintain some sense of world community in order to have a functioning planet that's not continuously at odds and at cross purposes. And I just don't think the president has any idea how badly he can fuck the United States of of America just with these juvenile insults and tactics that he uses against uh, some of these other countries. It's, perplexing it's weird that that no one can corral him and that they're all going along with it it's it's really weird well it's politics i feel like why they're all going along with them because they want to keep their own constituents in their in their prospective places but i i mean it there's no rhyme or reason to what trump is doing unless it's you just conclude the fact that he just wants to exert his power and beat his chest and show what he can do and i mean that's what he does all the time i mean even saying you know, to reporters that are around, I'm going to ban TikTok. You know, he's just mm-hmm. beating his chest. He's that. That's all he's doing with this. There's there. There's no. There's no reason behind any of it. And that's what's scary. What's scary is he's more like the Chinese government than he wants to admit. I mean, even the Ooh. Chinese government notoriously restricted the internet use of citizens. And that's what he's trying to do with TikTok. You know, and he's even said possibly other social media platforms. Which ones? We know it won't be Twitter. We know it won't be that, but he's just trying to show I'm big, I'm bad, and I can do what I want to do. He can't, but that's what he likes to say. It just doesn't seem to be a lot of places right now where we can get a lot of comfort in in this state of the world. But Mm -hmm. there's one place that I always do turn 
when they have one going on, and that is to the world of versus. We talked a little <laughs> bit about versus battles. We have. By the way, I got a lot of love from the people. Rachel, you got to be careful, man. You do. I got a I, lot of love from the people. What you talking about? You got a lot of love from. I got a lot of love from the people uh, with my whole stance on Mariah Carey and Mary J. Blige. I got I a like, lot of love from people saying he's crazy. It's like it's not, not ba- basic. Uh, no. Were you in they, my DMs? They agree. Were you with in me. my? People no. say that they're not even in the same category. That's what I saw more than anything. But did you see what Timberland did? What did Timberland do? Timberland said, "I hear this is what the people are talking about," and posted a video of. Uh, Mary J. And then the next slide was Mariah. I said, okay, Timberland, you going to give us some credit for that? It's okay, Tim. We love you, Timbo. <laughs> this, is your, this is your deal. We're talking about your deal. Uh, the reality is that, you know, in the versus, I, I'm, I'm not going to repeat it. I've it's a different audience. And if I agree with you in a versus battle, she would because it's a totally different audience. Right. Any audience that were Mariah Carey who could beat Mary J. Blige, I don't want to be in it. Uh, but there's a new <laughs> versus battle that's coming up. Trap, trap kings. Okay, two chains versus Rick Ross. Your thoughts? Well, I when you say two trap kings, I'm like Rick Ross. Though, I mean, if you say two trap kings, I get two chains. I guess I think Atlanta, so I would be like, oh, Ti. Yeah, you're, 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 you're right. You're right. But two you know, I versus. Like, I don't. I don't see Ross. And even though I like Ross, it's really I, not I trap music. You're right. It's really not it's trap not. music. Ross. It's not at all. It's not. But they talk. It's, it's the, the dope music is, I guess, yeah. more what I'm talking about. Ross got hits. It's. I feel like we're getting out with verses, and and I and I love it. I feel like we're getting outside of being evenly matched or being in the same category, and just putting two great artists up against each other. That's more so what we're getting. I'm a big Two Chains fan. I've seen him in concert multiple times. Back in the day, I paid for like the backstage pass access to like say hello and get a picture. I'm a big Chains fan. Mm-hmm. I, I repeat, I use the word fan. Okay? okay, because I don't like the smile that you that you're no, giving me. No, <laughs> I no, repeat, I'm fan. I'm a you big, said, I'm a big look, fan. I'm talking look. like I was at shows when he wasn't that popping, and I right. was at like the House of Blues standing right. room only. Like I'm, I'm yeah. really a big fan. So I'm, I'm excited for this. Um, I remember when he started off. You know, will we get some Titty Boy? I hope. I just I'm I'm very excited for this mm-hmm. because I'm a I'm a big Chains fan. You're a big fan, and so but you don't think who you, you don't think that he can beat Rick Ross? Twenty um, songs. It'll be an interesting it'll be an interesting matchup. I'm not sure. I, I I mean Chains has my vote, but I'm not sure because remember last week we talked about features. Mm-hmm. That comes if that's coming into play. I don't know because right. oh, but Chains has been on some good features too. I don't know. Yeah, Who he's do you been have? On some fucking fantastic. I don't know. He, I, his I features might be better. Than, right, <laughs> right. I, I'm like I'm. Rick Ross will probably win. You just think because, so? Uh, probably, probably. I mean, like, look, uh, Rick Ross will probably win. Rick Ross, you, Rick Ross is underrated to me in the scope of hip hop. Like Rick Ross with the number one albums that he's had, and he has been, he has been the most one of the most. Ah, maybe the most consistently great artist of the last 10 or 15 years and still is on his same perch with verses and putting out albums and, and, and doing his thing. So, I mean, I think it, 20, 20 songs, you know, it's going to be, the question is, I don't know. Will this hip, like, cause we, we get a lot of the thought warriors. Like, I wonder how much, how invested they're going to be into this battle. 
is what I wanted. The Thought like, Warriors? The Thought Warriors will not. The Thought Warriors are a specific demographic. It's a specific demographic. I, I don't know. I'm more excited for, I don't know. I, I'm more excited for the music that I'm going to hear in this than I am for the matchup itself. It's yeah. like, oh, I, I want to hear Ross. I want to hear, uh, almost a T.I. I want to hear right. uh, 2 Chains. I will tell you, I have a Ross story. So tell me story. Back, back in the day, you ever heard of Texas Relays? Yeah, big tech, okay. big big track big me down there in Texas. Yeah, huge big deal. track me. You got high school, collegiate, professional comeback. It's in the off season of football, so a lot of football players come back, especially who went to Texas and throw these big parties. Well, shout out to Sonia Richards Ross. At the time, she was just Sonia Richards and and Aaron Ross, her husband. They used to always throw a big party, and they'd always have surprise performers. So like, I'm rolling with Sonia and, and Ross up to the party. Don't know who it's gonna be lit okay we're all we're all having a fantastic time i'm right. with my, my my partner in crime my cousin andrea you guys and are all high on cocaine i did not say that please don't my well, mother listens saying, to this that is not I'm i said saying, we, were, you we said, were we were lit oh. as in alcohol okay so cool. my little sister's there i'm feeling like a cool big sister stop i feel like a cool big sister i'm like oh yeah i got you you can get in and at one point we're all at the party and Ross performs. And this, all he has is um, whatever his first track was. I think I'm Big Meech. What, I can't even think of what the song That's was called. That's not his first song. That's what, that was mainstream. Sorry. That was, big, that was big time mainstream. Yes, it was. No, it's not. But whatever. What was it then? Right. I mean, Hustling. Every that's what, day it, that's I'm what it was. Sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, that's what it was. Say. That's what it was. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. Sincoro. It's a Sincoro talking. So I'm so sorry, sorry. It was hustling. Right. It was hustling. It was hustling. Yes, right. you're right. Okay, right. so I'm so he's he's performing. I'm like, oh my God, Ross is who the su- surprise performer was. And at one point I'm on the stage and I'm looking down at my sister and I'm like, Heather, have you seen Ross? And she's like, Rachel, your arm is on him. I literally have my arm on Ross, like. Jamming, like rapping with like, him. Is there a video of this? Is there a video of this? I want to see it so fucking badly. Heather was like, your arm is on him. Stop. Right. And you were asking where he was. Where he was. But my, but my, like, I had a, my arm up on him. Like, I was like, right, you see Ross? Deal. Like, vibing. Yeah. He's right so there, you, Rachel. Stop. You, get get, you, get off the stage. You want, How long were you on the stage? So, the Rachel, you like to... So, we've, we've had a couple of different <laughs> discussions with you. And you like to be backstage up close to the artist. Okay, I was with. Oh, I was whoa. with. I was whoa. with the people. I'm asking. I'm, I'm asking. Don't yeah, see. Like, I mean, see how no, you taking no, no, it? No, 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 no. Taking in, it in, sp- in, this, in a specific way. No, I'm not. In this in in this incident, I was with the people throwing the party, so they had right. tables on stage. So I was on the stage mm. with chains. Yes, I paid for backstage access. And meet and greet. So I could do the meet and greet. You got a meet and greet. Shout no shame. I was a big fan. I'm a big Chains fan. Have you ever had, have you ever had like a big rapper like crawling your DMs to like since you became famous and stuff like that? No, I have before. Oh, before. Yeah. Nobody has ever tried me since since this, you know, probably because I'm in a totally different world. Look, yeah, Copper's, get, and, Copper's and getting Copper's upset. Getting you don't upset. like that. Also, you don't like this conversation. Also, you know, they know, they know you're married and stuff like that. And they, you know, far be it from any of these guys to try to flirt with or hit on a married lady. They got morals and values. Come on. Yeah. Um, so, but you're saying that, so you, you're saying that you know both of these guys and you're, you're picking two chains. I'm picking chains. I'm, I'm riding picking, with chains. You're riding with chains. Rachel, how drunk are you right now? You've been, you, 
are you are you uh, 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 are you a little you a little tipped tipped did out? Did I did I say something that did I slur one of my words? No, not at all, not at all. But we okay. did drink, and you had yeah yeah you have been drinking. All right, because I we, I we need took to know. A shot. <laughs> <laughs> but you must be. The reason I'm asking you is you must be drunk if you think that Rick that two chains are going to be Rick Ross in a versus battle. You got to be drunk. It's not going to happen. Come on, man. I, we love two chains. Rick Ross got more hits than two chains. Rick Ross, because Rick, Rick Ross gonna I play Drake records. I love Ross though. I I like Ross's cadence. So there's a. Mm. I, I, but I'm. I guess two chains got Drake I, records too. Because I was such a fan of Chains, that's who I'm 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 gonna ride with. But I will be watching Thursday. The battle is Thursday, you guys. That's why we're talking mm. about it so early, because by the time we podcast, it'll already have happened. Already have happened. So, um, last thing before we go, and I did not want to bring this up, but I'm going to bring it up. There was a producer. We're talking about hip hop uh, right now. Yes, yeah, talk sucks. about it. Have to talk about it. Uh so hip hop. I want to explain to you guys something about hip hop. Hip hop as an art form was started in New York uh, with blacks and Latinos started hip hop, right? We all, we often talk about hip hop and it's a, uh, it's, it's cultural history in the, in the black community. But from the beginning of hip hop, it's been a collaborative thing. Latinos were right there at the beginning of it, participating in all of the different aspects of hip hop. From DJing to the b-boying to the rapping, all of that stuff, right? We've already, there's always been diversity inside of hip hop. Now, though, there's more diversity than ever. And that's because hip hop is now pop music, right? So Mm -hmm. one of the biggest, probably the biggest, uh, musical art form and genre that there is. So as a black dude, as a, a, a black guy, it is not a big deal for me to see white people doing hip hop stuff. I know that that seems like crazy that you would have to say this, but there was a time when it was. It was a time you see a white boy rap and you see a white boy want to make beat beats. And it was almost as if you were, you had a knee jerk judgment or reaction, like stay out of our shit. Get, get like, this is our right. shit, our music, our expression. And I'm not saying that it's not, but what I'm, but what I am saying is I don't have that knee jerk reaction anymore, right. but there are certain times that I do have that. And that happens when certain people out themselves in terms of how they act when they are let inside of our culture and we treat them graciously. An example of this is a guy named J.W. Lucas. J.W. Lucas is a, a, a producer. He has produced for, I guess, people like Lil Uzi Vert, um, The Baby, Pop Smoke. I had never heard of him. Never. I had never heard of him. I didn't know who he was. But sometime last week, J.W. Lucas, who on Twitter or I guess it's the gram actually, is goes by hashtag at 702 JW Lucas because he's from out there in Vegas. He said, Why is the world asking for justice for Breonna Taylor? Of course, she shouldn't have lost your life, but you do realize that she was involved with multiple drug dealers who were using her house as a trap spot. If you sign up for that life, there are consequences. Okay. So after saying that misinformed statement, he then goes on live with Tamika Mallory, who is one of the bravest and finest leaders that we have here yes. uh, in, in our culture and says that he really feels like she's ill-qualified to be a leader in the black community. And because he is more logical than this fiercely intelligent, uh, strong and accomplished black woman that he should be leading the movement. I did Why not you know, know he said that. Said it's, it's, it's on video. He went live wow. with her it's on video. Said that to Tamika Mallory. Uh, so I say all that to say this. 
this is when I feel burnt. And this is a, and I, I, the guy's a fucking clown. I'm not really gonna, gonna spend too much time on him. But what I, what I will say is that for me personally, is that there's always a fear as a black man that you've shared something that's so important to you, which is hip hop, that you've shared something that's so important to you, whatever it is, whatever form of cultural expression it is, if it's our dance, our food, our drink, whatever, you let people come in, make a little bit of money off of it, but inside of them are these hateful, ignorant notions and these latent feelings of superiority that at one day, when you've let them closest to you, right? Because remember, all of this music comes from the musical legacy that we have, and then that musical mm-hmm. legacy is born out of pain. It's born out of our need to express our experiences over beats and drums and guitars and banjos. It goes very, very far back. You let somebody in, then you get kicked in your nuts when they say something crazy. It feels very bad. What I'm saying is, to see a guy like that, it makes you want to close ranks around your culture yes. and be like, nobody can be a part of what it is that we built. And that's not the right feeling to have. But it's important for people to remember that you don't get to, and most of the white artists that do this try to be pretty good with it. You don't get to, like, you come to the barbecue, it's fine, but you don't get to fucking leave the refrigerator door open and shit all over the furniture and fuck up the bathroom. And you're not, it, it's it's a weird feeling. And that's the feeling that I felt when I said that. I didn't feel bad towards him. And I felt in a way bad towards us for, yeah. <laughs> for having been so open and giving with everything that we have. It makes me feel like, like we get, we keep getting played or something like that. And this is a very small guy. It's not like a, it's not like Eminem or, or somebody like that doing this. But when you have a culture vulture of this degree, it, uh, it always makes you feel like, damn, man, like we got Trojan horse again. Yeah. I mean, it makes you feel like I got to watch my back. I got to look at everybody a certain way. Everybody who looks like him a certain yeah. way now. That's how it makes you feel like, okay, I, I let you in. I trusted you. And look what you did with it. It also makes it seem like you infiltrated our culture just to capitalize on us. That's mm-hmm. how I felt. You're not right. really about us. You're just using us for personal gain not because you are actually here for our culture and what it is that we represent and stand for and what we're fighting against. And you just showed yourself. And then even further, when he was on, I don't know if it was Twitter or Instagram, he was talking about how he can't be canceled. He's bigger than this. You know what I mean? What gives you the authority to feel like you can say that? The color of your skin. It was almost as like he was really speaking in authority as a, I'm a white male. How dare you try to cancel me people with different color skin than me. That's how I felt. He was really feeling himself in that moment. But what I'm more upset about, not more upset, but just as equally upset, are the people who have worked with him who have not called him out. Mm. Why is Lil Uzi Vert silent? Why is the baby silent when the when the baby did a whole video on the BET Awards about it was a very powerful video with his rock star and he did a remix to it and everything that he showed as far as the display the visual display was about police reform and it was it it moved I, I thought it was a really powerful video what he mm-hmm. did and the fact that you were silent and you haven't said anything and you've worked with him is a huge problem for me this is when we need you to speak out and stand up and say something um, your silence 
does make you complicit. Your silence makes it seem like you're excusing what he did because it's not like this is a one-time thing. He kept going and going with it, even challenging somebody who's been fighting for social justice in our community before it became popular. And I'm referring to Tamika Mallory in that sense. Like now everybody knows her name. She's been doing this. She's dedicated Mm -hmm. her life to this. And you are silent and have said nothing. And this man has profited off of you. That is what I am really upset about. You're supposed to be a leader, a role model, and and you've even used your platform to show that. But when it comes to this, you haven't said a thing. Hmm. I don't want to see anybody working with this man before. I'm, I well, we talked there, about there are can- people. There are people. There are people that have already said that they will. I mean, there are people that are in the comments that said they are, will. There, there are other smaller rappers in the comments that are still supporting. Now, I, he, I we just, should say he, he since apologized. He says apologize. I don't care either. He kept going and going and going. Right. You know what I, I mean? This is yeah. a this isn't this is what I'm saying. Like we talked about cancel culture, and I'm not saying you got to cancel everybody for one mistake they made. Don't do that. But when you give somebody a chance to correct what they did and they double down on it and they keep going and going. I mean, he was going three, four, five times before he finally, somebody must have been like, you got to stop. You're never going to work in this industry again. Mm -hmm. And then he tries to apologize. Your apologies mean nothing to me. You've already shown who you were time and time again. This wasn't a one-time mistake. You believe this with your whole chest. You're done. You're done. Do you think it's unfair to blame the baby or Uzi for something that nope. some white boy said. Like, well, I, I mean, I say some white boy, whatever. Like some white dude that they worked with. Like, do you feel like we get into that too much of nope. blame? You don't. I don't blame them for working with him when they did on these records. Fine. Who cares? But the fact that he has now shown who he is. And if you truly are about fighting against injustice, if you truly are about standing up for Breonna Taylor and her family and other families that these things have happened to, how can you continue to align with yourself yourself with someone who has basically tried to take away from her name and who she is and give out misinformation about what happened surrounding that that murder? Yeah, continuing to work with them would be a clear, clear, clear violation. I'm just saying, I I also want to get into, I want to get away from this situation where we're always blaming ourselves uh, for something that somebody else did. You know what I mean? And so I, I understand what you're saying, though. And I will be... Yeah. And it would be interesting to know exactly which songs that they work together on. I'll tell uh, you. The baby Can't Stop. Lil Uzi Vert. <laughs> EXO, EXO Tour. L Life 3. You don't I, know EXO Tour Life 3? Oh, it was the way that it was spelled. Yeah. It, All My Friends Are Dead. Push me to the edge. I got you. All my friends are dead now. I got now. you. But the, the, it's not giving me. It's not giving me an exact the way it's spelled. I'm like, is that life? That's the way the song is spelled, Rachel. All my friends are dead. Push me to the edge. Don't try to play me. All my friends are dead. Hey, push me to the edge. You're right. Oh my lord. Woo. Thought warriors. Um, we are gonna get out of here. I'm gonna say something before we go though. I have been very, very impressed with the amount of mail from the Thought Warriors with the questions that we get for the podcast. I'm inclined to begin at some point to devote the entire Thursday podcast or a a large portion of it to just viewer questions. 
Ooh, because the Thought it. Warriors have a lot of questions. What are you? You've been getting a lot of a lot of feedback from the Thought Warriors, haven't you? You've been talking. I do, a lot. but I feel like they like to talk to you more than they talk. <laughs> they talk Why? To me. I'm just saying. No, but I get a lot of questions, um, and a lot of times people will say, "Hey, I hope you talk about this." I even get the, "Hey, this is a great unexpected ally of the week." Do you get those too? I think yeah, it's- we we missed one. Uh, we missed one last week. Which was uh, uh, Jeff Bezos's ex-wife. Her name is Mackenzie. First of all, not that. Jeff Bezos's ex-wife. Oh, oh, shame on you, misogyny. Shame on you. The misogyny just seeped out of my soul. She's more than that. She was a. She, she was. A, forget a fuck. Jeff Bezos has nothing to do with it. Mackenzie Scott. Mackenzie Scott, uh, a co-founder of Amazon. Um, forget about that other guy. Co-founder. She donated a shit ton of money. To HBCUs. Yeah. Um, and something that we've specifically talked about uh, more people should be doing here on uh, on Higher Learning. And so, shout out to her. It, she doesn't get Unexpected Ally for either week, but we, we're, uh, we're uh, addressing it. We missed her. That would have been a good one. Although, Unexpected Ally, kind of sometimes unexpected. Maybe she is expected. I don't know very much about her no, politics. No, no. She's unexpected. She's unexpected. Okay, she's yeah. unexpected. She's unexpected. So, uh, we are out of here. We really appreciate it. anything that you guys think that you would like to hear us discuss. Bring it to us. We're going to talk about it. And I especially like hearing the stories about y'all racist ass. <laughs> you guys, I never knew. I never knew that y'all had this many racist ass relatives. Like people hit me up like, yo, Van, like I brought my boyfriend home. And my dad looked at him and said, I didn't know we was having a raccoon tonight. I'm like, yo, it's crazy. The stories are crazy. Shut I made that up. one up. We should I made see. That one. I, made <laughs> I was that one like, what? I made we that should one bring up. these people on and have like a segment of the show where we we are the mediators in this. I'm with that. Like, like you could be the demon, I'll be the angel on the shoulder. You know what I'm right. saying? Like we're like giving them advice as they as they navigate this, these, right. these Listen, hard times. This is very true. I'm putting it out there right now. If you have racist family or friends and you want to bring them on higher learning and discuss these things with us, I am super down for that. This sounds I'm like Mari. If you know, if you have a racist family member and you want to bring, bring them, them on, the show. I'm super down. Bring your racist ass people on. We'll talk to them. It'll be as cordial as we could possibly be. <laughs> All right. Uh, Thought Warriors, we are out of here. I am Van Lathan. I'm Rachel Lindsay. Take your thinking caps off, but don't stop thinking. See you next time. Bye, guys.